Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. A landmark case before the U.S. Supreme Court today on the Second Amendment. Former President Donald Trump uh, still under gag orders, multiple gag orders in our country right now. And the government spying on all of us. Just another day, kids. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. No question about it, Alan Dershowitz is the man when it comes to all these issues. And he joins me right now. His new book, brand new, just out, The War Against Jews, How to End Hamas Barbarism. I should say it's out for pre-order. It'll be officially released on December 5th. The War Against the Jews, How to End Hamas Barbarism. Professor Dershowitz, thanks for joining me. Well, thanks. Thanks so much. It's a, <clears throat> a lot of news to cover, both from the Supreme Court to um, to Israel to uh, President Trump. What are your quick thoughts on the case before the court today regarding these domestic violent uh, orders? Well, I'd love to have heard the argument, so then I would have been able to give you, uh, you know, an intelligent assessment of the outcome. It's a very hard case because, on the one hand, the Second Amendment clearly gives Americans the right to bear arms. Uh, but the courts have said it's subject to reasonable restrictions. And the question is whether the restriction on people who have had domestic violence complaints is narrow enough. My guess is that it's not narrow enough. It's a little too broad that the court will say that if you require a conviction for gun use previously, then that would be reasonable. But just you know, any kind of domestic abuse could be very broadly defined to really deny people their right to bear arms. So it's going to be a close case, and I think it'll depend largely on how the chief justice votes. And the question of an accusation versus a conviction, right? Because when you, it's an accusation, no. it's just merely that. Oh, believe me, I know that. I was <laughs> accused. Uh, and then the woman admitted that she may have mistaken me for somebody else. and uh, I went through hell as the result of a false accusation. So... I know that, and I've had clients, obviously, who've been falsely accused, and ultimately the victims have admitted they made it up. And so, uh, and particularly in domestic areas, that's where false accusations are most common. Often they're part of divorce proceedings, they're part of child custody proceedings. And so 
the first thing that uh, the person does is to say, oh, my God, he, he threatened me, abused me, touched me. So I think the court should uh, look skeptically on accusations of, of abuse. And we'll see what happens. The other question I wanted to ask you about, I mean, you're, you're the guy who wrote the book about the war against Donald Trump as well. And right. uh, the gag orders against him. I was shocked to hear the ACLU finally come out and say that the gag order imposed by uh, the special counsel, the judge in that case and the federal case is unconstitutional. Uh, I, I think all these gag orders against him are completely unconstitutional. I mean, you have a First Amendment right to criticize the government. This is the government coming after him here. Absolutely. They're all unconstitutional because he's presumed innocent. And unless they can impose the same gag order on you and me, they shouldn't be able to impose it on him, except to the extent of directly influencing witnesses, intimidating witnesses. But judges, you know, everybody should have the right to call a judge a thug or his law clerk. They're government officials. And uh, they have, you know, you have the highest right to criticize the government. My God, what Thomas Jefferson said about people in the government and what Alexander Hamilton said. Go back in the day, they were using much, much rougher language. So I think these gag orders are unconstitutional, except to the extent that they prevent intimidation of witnesses or jurors. And of course, in the case of New York, there's no jury. Right. There's in that- Washington, there is potentially a jury, but we're a long way from that. So I don't think uh, any of these gag orders um, should withstand analysis. And it's about time the ACLU got involved. Look, if they can defend Nazis, they can surely defend ordinary Americans uh, who uh, um, uh, want to say negative things about their government, even if they're under indictment. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. No, well said. And that's a good segue into your new book, which is coming out early December and available for pre-order yeah. now. The War Against the Jews, How to End Hamas Barbarism. Tell us about it. Well, most of the people who are now being called pro-Palestinian are not pro-Palestinian. If you're pro-Palestinian, you should be anti-Hamas. These are people who started uh, attacking Israel before Israel fired a single shot. Uh, these were bullies and bloodthirsty neo-Nazis, basically, who attacked Israel right after Hamas beheaded, raped, kidnapped, murdered uh, 1,400 Israeli Jews. And so it had nothing to do with what Israel did in response. These are people who just took advantage of Israel being weak um, to show their their true colors. Uh, These kids from Harvard are no different from Hitler Youth. Um, In the 1930s in Harvard, There were a lot of students at Yale who supported Hitler. And uh, remember that students brought the Ayatollah to power and also helped Stalin maintain power and helped Hitler maintain power. 
So, you know, I taught students for 50 years, and don't tell me, oh, they're merely children. They, they can be very, very evil people. And the students who signed these attacks on Israel before Israel ever fired a single shot are evil people. And if you let them get away with it, Hamas is just going to repeat what it's done. It's already threatened. It said, this is the beginning. We're going to do it over and over again. And, of course, they, they will because they win. They use what I call the dead baby strategy. They kill Israelis. They know Israel will have to respond to rocket attacks. They purposely put young children, babies, women, the elderly, in the way they said it. In the book, I quote them from saying it. Uh, and they anticipate that some innocent civilians will die. Uh, and then they parade the babies in front of CNN. And the world sheds a tear and never asks the question, why are these people dying? Not because of Israel, but because of, the, uh, of Hamas. I'll give you just an example, a common example. Let's assume I go and rob a bank. And uh, the police come in and start to arrest me. And I grab you, one of the customers of the bank, as a, as, as a hostage. And I start shooting from behind you, using you as a shield. And I'm killing people. And the policeman then tries to shoot me by accident and shoots you. Who's guilty of the murder? Not the policeman, even though he fired the shot. I'm guilty of the murder. I was the one who held you as a hostage. And so the same thing is true. Under any rule of law, it's Hamas who's guilty for every single one of the deaths that resulted from them using children, babies, women, the elderly as human shields. And the world has to come to recognize that. Otherwise, Hamas can do it over and over again. And then it's coming to a theater near you. Because they're run by Iran, and Iran has already called America the big devil and Israel the little devil. So who do you think they're going to come after? They're going to come after you. It's coming to a theater near you. You are, of course, uh, an esteemed law professor at Harvard University Law School. And uh, what's going on at Harvard, the protests, you're also obviously one of the, the, I'd say, strongest defenders of freedom of speech in the country. How do we balance what's going on in these college campuses where you've got these these pro-Hamas protesters? Go ahead. It's very simple. You ask the question, would, how would you treat a Ku Klux Klan group that said that it's okay to lynch African-Americans because they're uppity? How would you treat them? Just treat Hamas the same way. How would you treat a group of sexists who formed a club saying any woman who's raped, it's their fault for wearing provocative clothing? How would you treat a club of homophobic people who started a club that said, um, oh, any gay who shot uh, it's because of their lifestyle. Just treat Hamas exactly the same way. If you would allow the other groups to have free speech, hey, I'm in favor of speech, speech, free speech, let them have free speech. But if you would ban them or discipline the students if they were anti-gay, anti-black, etc., then you have to take the same actions against uh, people who are anti-Jewish. And uh, one university, finally Brandeis University, did that. And it banned the um, uh, students for injustice in Palestine. They call themselves students for justice in Palestine. They don't want justice. They don't want a two-state solution. They just want to see the end of Israel. Um, so uh, Brandeis finally banned them basically because they said they wouldn't not Nazis have a club on campus. They wouldn't have the Ku Klux Klan. And so these are just neo-Nazis. They're, they're not wearing swastikas. They're wearing green headbands. But they're advocating the same thing. Uh, you know, no, no Jews. Uh, Palestine will be free, free of what? Free of Jews from the river to the sea. And then the most despicable signs are the ones that say, clean, clean the world of Jews. That's what the Nazis said. They called Jews dirty and filthy and, 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 and you know, infested. And that's the oldest anti-Semitic uh, trope, dirty Jews. So when you say clean the world of Jews, 
you're just emulating the Nazis. Uh, Professor Dershowitz, uh, in your book, The War Against the Jews, How to End Hamas Barbarism, do you get into Benjamin Netanyahu at all? Do you you talk about him? What are your thoughts on, on, on him personally right now? Well, I had dinner with him just a week before this happened. I had dinner with him the Friday night, not the day before the Saturday, but the week before the Saturday. And, you know, he was in good spirits. He was interested in compromising on judicial reform. I've known Bibi for 53 years. And, you know, we're friends. Um, But uh, he has to take responsibility for uh, failing to have the right people uh, in the intelligence services and also for the failure to respond quickly enough. It took them too long to respond um, to the ongoing massacre. So, um, uh, you know, BB has a lot to answer for. And once the war is over, I think there'll be a commission of inquiry and uh, he'll have to answer. We'll see what his answers are. Maybe he has good reasons. Maybe it wasn't his fault. Maybe it was the fault of other people. But when you're the prime minister, basically, you know, the buck stops there. Last question for you, because I know you got to run. Sure. How, how do we end Hamas barbarism? You, you bring up Iran. How do we not get into World War III here? Because obviously I know that that's a concern. Well, we won't get into World War III if Israel bombs the uh, Iranian nuclear reactor, which it should do, and should never allow Iran to develop nuclear weapons. Um, and so the two goals, I think, are destroying Hamas and destroying Iran's nuclear uh, weapons program. And I think those can be done uh, without um, provoking China or or Russia. I don't think China or Russia wants uh, a war. Uh, China is interested in Taiwan. Russia is interested in Ukraine. I think they're, and, and you know, they're interested in Iran, but I don't think they're going to come to the defense of Iran. They'll give them weapons. They'll give them, <clears throat> you know, anti-ballistic missiles or anti-whatever, but I don't think they're going to go to war. We never should have helped Iran build that nuclear reactor no, in the first place. Why Barack not. Obama did that is just beyond me. Look, Barack Obama has been a villain in this whole thing. He issued a statement the other day. I just wrote an article about it in which he basically compared these massacres, these rapes, these beheadings to Israel's um, occupation of Gaza, which doesn't exist. Israel ended its occupation of Gaza in 2005. They not only removed all settlers and all soldiers, they even dug up their dead bodies from graves and took them out of the Gaza Strip, and Obama obnoxiously and obscenely um, um, compared these brutal, brutal murders to Israel's disputed and controversial occupation. And that will just encourage uh, groups like Hamas to continue to brutalize innocent civilians, not only in Israel, but around the world. So I think that Obama has... Uh, shame on him for what he did. And I used to vote for him. I would never, ever support him, vote for him, or actually talk to him again. I, my relationship with him was over. I knew he was a student. I was at the White House repeatedly when he was president. Uh, that's over. Amazing, amazing stuff. Can't wait for the book, The War Against the Jews, How to End Hamas Barbarism. Pre-order it today. It comes out December 5th. Professor Alan Dershowitz, thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. The Rich Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 